It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are on the campus of Sacred Heart University in Fairfield, Connecticut, in front of a live studio audience. All right. They love you, man. They love you. Our first guest is Kashadas. Hi, Kashadas. How are you? I'm good in yourself. I'm doing great. I'm proud to be here, and I'm proud to have you on the show to talk about what I just learned about, the Dunbar Project here on campus. You are, first of all, let's tell, tell us about your uh, membership with the football team. Uh, my name's Kishada Spence. I'm from uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and I play running back. All right. And um, as a running back and a football player from day one, are you involved with the Dunbar Project? And tell us what that is. Uh, I didn't get involved with the Dunbar Project until this year. Uh, we did community service last year with the Winthrop School. It's around the corner, which is another great school. Uh, I got involved with Dunbar School off of email. Uh, coach Jeffers, a wide receivers coach, he contacted a bunch of kids to let us know about the program. And uh, me, myself, and Robert Volk and Robert Johnson and, and a bunch of other kids in the audience, we uh, took the opportunity to go see what it was about. And uh, from day one, we loved it. Okay. And what is it, the Dunbar Project? Uh, the, Dunbar Pro the Dunbar Project is a school from uh, K-2 to 8th grade. Uh, a lot of kids are underprivileged. They'd, uh, they don't have parents. Some of them live with their grandparents. Some of them have one parent, uh, father, mother, other parents who are in jail. And, uh, I actually liked it because uh, as growing up, I only was raised by one parent. I was raised by my mother. Uh, when I was growing up, she had told me the story about uh, middle school, how my father had got in trouble and whatnot. So uh, I didn't have kids to come in and impact me like we're doing. Uh, I feel like the kids are impacting me more so than I'm impacting their lives. We, um, we sit there and we'll start off with kindergartens and it can range whatever age group you want to go to. I know me and Robert Johnson last week, he, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we did eighth grade and the kids were just like all over the place. I mean, like the teacher was telling them to sit down. Uh, I'm going to write you up. And some of the kids were swearing back. It got to the point where I just stopped the class and like gave a mini speech to the kids. Just let them know uh, what you have to do, what you respect about mariners and whatnot, and what's going to happen five years from now. I remember in middle school, I sat down and it was kind of the same speech you gave. My principal sat down and he told us to look to the left and look to the right. Some of us are either going to be dead or bums on the street. And I was just like, I don't want to be that guy. So it kind of, kind of clicked. So hopefully, I gave that uh, to the kids, and uh, we didn't get to talk to eighth grade today. But so it's a mentoring program. Now, how do these kids at the school uh, look to you as you come in? As a as a hero? As um, you know, a football player? They look up to you, or or is there? You mentioned a little bit of disrespect to some of those teachers. Are they kind of know it alls, and they don't want to hear it from you? How do they respond to what you have to say when you gave that little mini speech? Uh, at first, it was just a big black kid who plays football and. Uh, <laughs> they didn't want to hear it. They knew. That's what I thought when I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, there was uh, in a group, uh, and I've learned this, in a group there's always that one kid that can impact everybody. I don't remember the kid's name, but uh, he was smart. He wore glasses. doesn't mean just because he wore glasses he was smart. But uh, I looked at his <laughs> test scores and whatnot, and he was smart, but he just wanted to be the class clown. So whatever he did, the class impacted on it. So if he was just like, I'm not going to do homework today, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to talk about what happened on Facebook and Twitter. I don't know why you have a Facebook and Twitter in eighth grade. I didn't have one, but uh, 
<laughs> they talked about that, and, and me and Rob noticed that, okay, maybe if we can talk to him and settle him down, the kids will listen. So uh, it got pretty out of hand, but I think the speech kind of did it. I didn't get a chance to check on him today, but uh, I can't wait to go back. That's amazing that you're involved with that, the whole team is, and, and really the whole campus. And I did hear that without Sacred Heart University and the work you guys do with this school, the school would close. It would shut down. How, how did What? Uh, that actually just came to my knowledge, uh, as it did to you. Uh, I'm guessing that um, I think we clocked in about 9,000 hours last year, which is amazing. And a lot of kids uh, have told me, and I've talked to Miss Lucy Cox, and she's told me that from us impacting the kids, their test scores have gone up. So I think that's wonderful for their test scores to go up, and it's actually showing that the kids are trying and they're improving. And all you need is somebody in life to help you go forward. That's great. 9,000 community service hours last year and all the work you do with the Dunbar School. Uh, Kashadas, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I want everybody in this audience to not applaud just for him, but for yourselves. Let's have a round of applause for everybody here at Sacred Heart University. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show is rolling on from the Indianapolis Colts Farm Bureau Football Center, and I'm with uh, new Indianapolis Colt, Tony Washington. Hi, Tony. How are you? Fine. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for your time. Uh, I know you're busy now as a, as a professional athlete, a professional football player. You were busy as a college football player at Appalachian State. How much busier are you now? Even though it's, it's been a couple of weeks, how much busier are you now as a professional athlete? Oh, man, it's a lot more busy just because you're doing a lot more meetings, a lot more mental things. You know, in college, there's a lot of, you know, repetitions out on the field, a lot of practice time. You know, so far in the NFL, it's just been, you know, a lot more meetings, a lot less practice time. But, you know, you got to learn more in the meetings off the field so you'll be ready to utilize that time when you get on the field. Is it, uh, even though there's more time commitments, it, does it seem to be, I hate to say a little easier, but is it uh, a different kind of easier since you don't have to worry about academics at all? There's not five classes staring you in the face that you have to get deadlines and homework and tests done? Yeah, it's a little bit different just because you don't have that aspect now. You know, that time we were using, you know, on school and other things, we're using now to, you know, find, you know, get our craft better, you know, work on things that we weren't so good at. You know, just learn the plays basically right now. It's all about learning the plays. Well, the learning doesn't stop. You're right. So in the past, in your college career, you had to go to class. If you didn't pass a class, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Now it's your job. You learn these plays. If you don't learn these plays, you don't have that playbook down. Now you, you don't get an F. You get fired. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very different process, but, you know, something that you sign up for when you decide you want to play in the NFL. So that's why you come out here every day with the mentality that you want to work hard and get better. Well, let's talk to that high school student athlete out there that not only has dreams of the NFL, but uh, wants to play college football or any college sport. What kind of advice would you have for a high school student athlete looking to go play college sports? Um, the first thing I would just say is academics. You know, there's a lot of guys out here, you know, that have the ability to play, but they don't have the academics or their late qualifiers or whatever you have. So the biggest thing is to just make sure that, you know, you have as least amount of obstacles to get into the college level as you can, because, you know, if you're a decent player, but you don't have good grades or you have off the field issues that just cuts your chances right there so but if you're a guy who's you know shows good character has good grades and you can play you know it's a lot easier to sell yourself to colleges Tony Washington is our guest NFL wide receiver now and I'm going to put you on the spot at App State uh, where you played college football 
uh, not with your athletics and what you did on the field, but let's talk about what you did off the field. Maybe some of your favorite community service projects or working with kids in the area, maybe in elementary school, reading to kids. I hate to put you on the spot, but was there a project, a service project during your time in Boone, North Carolina that comes to the top of your head? Um, I just really enjoyed going to, you know, we went to the local uh, elementary school and we did some things with the kids there as far as, you know, learning math and doing some other things, you know, kind of weaving football into that. And then we also went back another time and did like their, uh, I'm not sure what you call it, like their carnival in the gym. And like yeah. we had like games going on and we were helping, you know, with games and doing like the blow up slides and just things like that. Just getting out there with the kids and being able to talk to them and, you know, help them and talk to them about football. It was just a real good time. He's Tony Washington, NFL wide receiver, rookie class with the Indianapolis Colts. We wish you the best of luck. And before I let you go, let's have some fun with a, uh, uh, I guess from college, your favorite single play that happened. Even, maybe even if it wasn't your senior year. Any time at App State, what was the best play in your mind, your memory? Best play in my mind would be... Uh I guess probably the catch I had against Georgia where I jumped up in the air, you know, over a couple of guys and came down with the ball. So I feel like that was probably, you know, the highlight of college. Against Georgia? Was that at Sanford Stadium too? Mm-hmm. 90,000 people? Yeah. That's awesome. Were you on the team that beat Michigan? Oh, no, nah, that was in 07. You know, I got oh, there in okay. like 09, yeah. Okay, but that was part of the recruiting process, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, when you go to App State, they still talk about it to this day. Like, it's one of the biggest things, in, you know, of our schools, the fact that we beat Michigan. They'll talk about App State be beating Michigan. They'll talk about Tony Washington catching that pass at Georgia. And now we're going to talk about uh, Tony Washington catching passes in the NFL from this point forward. Thank you, Tony, for your time. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you. And now a truly inspirational story on The Adam Ritz Show. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky at the uh, national competition. This is a, a really impressive event. And we're joined by uh, Jill Farmer, who's the executive director of the USQRA. I mentioned this is a national competition. Jill, why don't you tell us uh, more about what this competition is? Um, well, it's, a, uh, it's the national championship tournament for the top 16 teams in the United States who play wheelchair rugby. Wheel, uh, I hate to interrupt oh, you, but okay. wheelchair rugby. I'm talking about inspiration. We were walking around the convention center here in Louisville and there are guys with the eye of the tiger. Those They're guys and girls. Oh, and girls. And I'm girls. sorry. And they they are ready to compete, and they are uh, they're in their wheelchairs, and they go. This is ru ru wheelchair rugby. Wheelchair rugby. These individuals, uh, how they uh, qualify to play is that they have some type of impairment or disability affecting all four extremities, both their arms and their legs. So you're going to see individuals who have very high level spinal cord injuries, individuals who have paraplegia, um, and they may have an amputation. Some of them may be quadruple amputees. Some of them may have cerebral palsy. Uh, so, again, they have to have some effect in all four extremities, and they're out here uh, playing a sport that is just incredibly uh, inspirational, as you said, but the athleticism of these guys to begin with is just just incredible and, and phenomenal to begin. We're going to take some pictures of one of the competitions and put it on the uh, website, adamridgeshow.com, for our listeners to check out. Now, it's the USQRA, the United States Quad Rugby Association. And how long have you been associated with this group? Well, I've been in the Louisville area for about 11 years. And I was approached about 10 years ago to, uh, to, to ask if we would be interested in hosting a national tournament. Um, we kind of helped the organization out. Uh, they only had their, their host city at that time had pulled out in 2004. And they came to us and they said, you know, we've already set the dates. People have already uh, asked off for work. But you only have five weeks to plan this. So I got together with the Louisville Metro Parks and Recreation.
Recreation. Uh, I work for Fraser Rehab Institute here in the Louisville area, and we came together as a city to host this event for them uh, that year. We were at two different locations. We were running all over the place, but, um, you know, 10 years later, we're still here, and we've hosted this tournament a total of eight times. We did 2004, 2005. We took a year off. We did seven, eight, and nine. Took two years off and did uh, 12, 13, and 14. And uh, we are considering hosting it again in 2015 as well. Okay, so you've got the Louisville uh, connection. Is the uh, USQRA headquartered in Louisville, or no. is this another governing body somewhere else? No, they are actually, it's a body of the membership, so they're located all over the United States, okay. and so your board members actually are located in different cities and often are players on the teams themselves. Um, I'm not the executive director of the organization. I'm just someone here in the Louisville area that works for a rehab hospital, and this is my passion, is and to give sports like this back to people and to make this make opportunities happen. Well, it's inspiring not only these uh, young athletes in their chairs, but, but your work, too. This is a volunteer basis yeah. from your point of view. So that inspires me and all of our listeners. Get involved with something. Make a difference. Uh, now, the teams that are here competing, who's uh, from the farthest away? Uh, probably our, uh, we have a San Diego team here. Uh, we usually have Portland here, but they didn't make it in, at past the sectional playoffs this year. We have a Las Vegas team here. We have uh, Tucson and Phoenix. And, you know, so those are pretty far west teams. Our closest team probably to the Louisville area is the Indianapolis team. Uh -huh. And they came in today. And I believe they took seventh place. Wow. So, yeah. Jill Farmer is our guest. She's uh, one of the uh, main directors, volunteers with the uh, here at the Louisville Convention Center with the Louisville, um, the healthcare uh, scene, I guess, if you will, here in Louisville. You get involved, you volunteer. It's the um, wheelchair rugby national champions put on by the USQRA. Is there a uh, I guess a, a, a .org, it's simply, I'm going to guess, rugby. U.S., oh, it's yeah. quadrugby.org. Quad yes, quadrugby.org. Okay, Definitely. let me say that again clearly for everybody, quadrugby.org. Check this out. It's pretty amazing. If you know anybody uh, that's maybe gone through a recent uh, traumatic event and they're left in a wheelchair, bring this up. I mean, this is unbelievable, the inspiration and the competitiveness and the athleticism that's involved with this. It's incredible. It's so incredible. And, you know, we have a lot of wounded military that are coming back into the States now, and this is a way for them to find to an outlet for those uh, frustrations and those worries that they have. And it's also a way to build a camaraderie with a group of people who get it, who, who, yeah. who have been where you are now with a new injury and can actually help guide you through possibly how to take your life back, you know, as, uh, as a person. I was going to ask, I've seen some t-shirts, you know, wounded warriors and everything around here. Uh, is there a, an official relationship between the quad rugby and the wounded warriors organization? A lot of these guys will go into the facilities where these individuals are rehabbing or in, uh, being hospitalized. They'll introduce themselves. They'll, they'll bring their own personal equipment out. They'll get the people in them and they'll make sure that they get a chance to try this. And then they'll pursue those people because a lot of times it's easy to say, oh yeah, I'll come out. Uh, but, you know, there's a heart in these athletes. There's a huge heart and you feel that because they want to go out and always make sure that everybody has an opportunity, especially our wounded military, but any anyone who has a disability. And on the .org, quadrugby.org, I'm going to assume that not only can you get information, but you can make a donation as well. Yes, quadrugby.org, if yes, you want to get involved and help fund this uh, and create awareness, please give from your heart. Definitely, definitely. Um, and there's and more all, events. There's a National Basketball uh, uh, the Tournament. National Wheelchair Basketball up. Association, and there'll be about 85 teams from all of the United States here playing basketball. And so it's a, quite a bit different than rugby. Uh, the individuals who have disabilities there typically have a lower level of a spinal cord injury and right. amputations as well, but uh, just as competitive and just as uh, hit or miss or bang them up like you're hearing in the background. 
Well, Jill, Farmer, we can't thank you enough for your time and your hard work and efforts to make this uh, thing happen uh, nationally uh, here in Louisville with the uh, Quad Rugby National Champions. Again, more um, information at quadrugby.com. It's the United States Quad Rugby Association. That's correct. Jill, we thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing the coverage. Send your questions, comments, or concerns to the Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. And we push on from Centenary College in Louisiana. I'm Adam Ritz, and our special guest is William Walker. Hi, William. How are you? Doing great. Glad to be here, Adam. I am uh, so happy to have you on board today to talk about, um, well, I guess awards and uh, student leadership and accolades and community service and money raised and awareness. Uh, we are at a regional national conference for your organization, the Kappa Alpha Order. Uh, real quick, it's a national uh, organization, fraternity, coast to coast. And uh, do you work with the headquarters or are you a regional guy? I do. I work for the headquarters staff, I'm doing alumni engagement, trying to recruit more advisors, more alumni chapters, and really to get more people involved to help our undergraduates become better men. And it's that Southern gentleman. And I can hear it in your voice. I love the Southern accent. Where'd you grow up? Grew up in Mississippi. Went to Mississippi State University. Graduated a couple years ago. Um, always felt close to home there and just, just loved it. So Mississippi State? Oh, yeah. Did I say that right? I, yeah, there's only two S's in Mississippi. It's Mississippi, not Mississippi. Mississippi State. There you go. All there right. You Do go. I sound like a northerner to you? Uh, you? You got a little bit in there. I mean, does that? so your southern accent to me means that you sound like a southern gentleman. Does my northern accent to you sound like I'm a northern uh, jerk? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the opposite of a gentleman. Well, as they say in Louisiana, our sister state, um, anyone north of I-10 is a Yankee. So, so yeah, I'm a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're at this regional conference, and, and you're giving out awards today. And I wanted to highlight one of your uh, chapters, maybe even a few specific names within the chapter. What have they done to win this award? What's the award called uh, in lightness with this awesome social awareness and philanthropy projects that you guys are part of? Okay. Um, I'll highlight two chapters in specific. Is One is University of Oklahoma. They, they will get the Most Outstanding Hours Per Man Award, which they had um, a total of 5,744 hours, which is 62 hours per man in the chapter. And that's throughout the year, different community service events they've done, whether it be just cleaning up trash on the highway, mentoring young children, um, you know, all kinds of events like that. And the other would be the um, chapter at LSU, Louisiana State University, which they raised over $13,700 for MDA, which is our Muscular Dystrophy Association, our national philanthropy. Um, and that was through several different projects, just a lot of great work, a lot of time put in by the gentleman at the chapter there. Thirteen grand from LSU, Kappa Alpha, for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. And we cover a lot of philanthropies, uh, a lot of campuses, coast to coast. And uh, I mean, if you raise a dollar, that's great. If it's a thousand bucks, that's great. Whatever it is, it's great. Uh, it's few and far between when we hear of, of a group of guys, a single chapter, raising a five-figure check. So 13000 for MDA, that's awesome. And they had that's through the course of the year, different projects, different activities. Yeah, it definitely. And that's, they build that up over time. So it's not just they throw one event and try to raise a lot of money and get donations. They actually go out and have several events throughout the semester, really recruit people, raise awareness for it, not just money. In fact, there's another um, interest group in Arkansas, not even a chapter yet. They just want to become a K chapter. They raised $5,000 last year just to show that they're really committed to it, committed to the cause, and want to help out. Gee. Okay, well, LSU, huge, obviously, uh, in the Southeastern Conference, football, LSU, uh, the, what is it, the, the Bayou Bengals, Bayou is Bengals. What they call them? the Tigers, the LSU Tigers. Uh, do you think that maybe helps a campus, or, or I'm sorry, helps a, a chapter be able to do more things to raise more money, having a high-profile campus like that with such a high-profile team? I think it does. Um, I mean, i got to think that at a small school, without that, 
football Saturday mentality and the pomp and circumstance of the band and everything, it's, it might be a little harder to get something involved, get the campus involved to help you raise money for, for your group. That's just my thought. It all ties together. Um, KA is definitely a stronger presence there because it's a big chapter, big school, the SEC. Everyone wants to go to that school. They want to be a KA. There's, there's a legacy there to it. So that definitely helps draw in the people. And then there, there are just more people there to recruit yeah. with, to raise f- funds from, to ha- have more fun at an event yeah. and, and do more for, more for the cause. More wallets walking around. You'll raise more money. Exactly. William Walker is our guest. He's with Kappa Alpha National, and we're talking about community service and some of the awards that uh, some of their guys win. And you mentioned, I want to go back to Oklahoma State, the, the Man Hour Awards. Uh, not that this happened, but I'm just, it just pop, a question popped in my head. Uh, about 62 man hours per member is what they mm-hmm. performed in community service over the course of the semester, two semesters? Yes, two semesters. Two semesters to win this award for the man hours. Does, uh, does the community service count, let's say, if a member, not that this happened, but if a member gets a DUI and now the court mandates that they have to do 150 community service hours, do those service hours count? Would they? I would think they still would because he is still doing service for the community and he is a member of the organization. But hopefully they're doing those without that. And I I know the the men at University of Oklahoma are very good guys and hopefully won't have those kind of problems. But so we're not saying that the guy, all the guys at Oklahoma State, all had DUIs, and that's why they won this award. That is, that's correct. They, they did not all have DUIs. They did it out of the good of their hearts because they knew it was the best thing for them, not only to help the community, but also help themselves realize what kind of difference they can make. Well, that's all about making a difference. You know, I know a lot of times uh, we're reluctant to um, highlight and showcase and give awards and accolades because that's not why we do it. That's not why you get involved with your campus. That's not why you get involved with a charity. Uh, but on this radio show, we like to point that out, uh, to pat everybody on the back for all their hard work so that uh, everybody else listening, me included, are inspired to get up off the couch and go help out. So William Walker from Cap Alpha, we thank you for your time. Wish you the best of luck. Uh, and... Uh, when I'm in Mississippi, next time I'll look you up. I, did I say that right? Glad to have you. You're welcome to Hospitality State anytime. You can catch up with the Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. And the Adam Ritz Show rolls on from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'm on the campus of Southern Miss in the Conference USA, and uh, we're here with Director of Football Operations, John Carr. Hi, John. How are you? Doing good, Adam. Thanks for having me on campus. I love uh, the stadium, uh, the new turf. Uh, You've got uh, a new head coach. Things are exciting here in Hattiesburg. Uh, Everybody knows Brett Favre played here. That's a big name. And I didn't know until I got here and saw your names around the ring of the stadium, Ray Guy played here, one of the best punters, if not the best punter of all time. It is. You know, there's a great tradition here at Southern Miss, a lot of great players, a lot of uh, a lot of great traditions here and playing at the Rock, and, and we appreciate you coming on campus and, and giving your input to, uh, to our players tonight. John, I wanted to ask you about character uh, and community service from a student-athlete perspective because you've got a, a unique perspective to bring to our show because you worked for years in the high school level as both a head football coach and the athletic director. Uh, and now you are in the college ranks, Division One College Football, the Director of Football Ops for Southern Miss. Um, what can you bring to the table? And again, our listeners in the Social Awareness Radio Show, we're, we're not athletes, but uh, you know, sports emulates real life, and we can learn from sports. How important is 
that service angle, community service, character when it comes to uh, a student athlete from your perspective? Oh, it's very important. And, and just like you mentioned, being, being at the high school level and us trying to, to get that foundation early on when they're 13, 14 years old and entering, and, and hopefully they got good upbringing at home. But also as a high school coach, your, your job is to not only help nurture them along in, in athletics, but more along the lines of, of being young men and, and good qualities and how to treat women and also how to take care of your bodies and take care of yourself to where you can be good, prosperous adults in your community and so now here at the college level you see a lot of that hard work pay off and I, I look back and I see kids now in our football team and you and you can see that their high school coaches or their parents made a big difference because now they're not here with them they have to get up on their own they have to go to class they have to have structure they have to have show self-discipline and hopefully those lessons they learned at that level can carry over now into the college culture. He's John Carr, Director of Football Operations at Southern Miss. Uh, you were telling me before that you've actually coached a lot of people in high school that went on to the NFL. Um, those success stories are awesome that a lot of people know about since we're football fans and fans of the NFL. Some of the stories that we might not know about are the kid with just as much talent that had a character issue or made a mistake in high school that didn't get that college scholarship. Now, I'm not asking you to call out any specific names, but were there people, student athletes over the course of your tenure at the high school level, that had as much talent as those NFL guys that just blew it because of their off-the-field decisions? Absolutely. I, I, it's probably not a high school coach in America that don't have a story of, of someone they coached that had God-given ability and, and certainly had the drive to do outstanding things and could have used football as a vehicle to get to college and to pay for their education that made a mistake that uh, uh, and never got that opportunity and and I can think of three or four right offhand over the last several years that opportunities were there for them and they made some some drastic poor decisions that affected the rest of their life and and you hope that they're able to learn from it rebound and get second chances but uh, you know that's that's what's a shame and then uh, you look back and, and you're also most proud of the guys that were able to handle their business that did, did do things the right way that were uh, that, that kept pressing on, that kept working hard, and, and uh, were able to go on and, and, and get a degree or get a diploma or start a family and do things the right way. So there's definitely certain uh, each end of the spectrums, and you just hope that you're able to touch kids and, and, and bring the message, and hopefully if you can uh, do like you did and be able to change at least one person in that room, then you've made a, uh, that's, that, that visit a success. John Carr is our guest. He's with the football team here at Southern Miss, and uh, you've worked for years uh, I was almost going to say decades, but you're not that old. Worked for years at the high school level as both uh, the head football coach and an athletic director at your high school that you just came from. You're just starting here at Southern Miss, so congratulations on your job here. I wanted to ask you about community service at the high school level. You know, we always hear about how admissions offices look to your extracurricular activities and your community service. It's not just about your GPA. What's your take on that? Is that true? Is that an old wives' tale? Should everybody go out and start a car wash and sell lemonade for cancer? I mean, how much community service does the average senior in high school need? Well, I think it just – the big thing is I think those those seniors need to get out and, and they need to make sure that the public sees them – doing an event that can help their community and also instill a value in them to go out and help others. And I think uh, we did it at the high school I was at, whether it's uh, football players help referee in YMCA games or whether it's uh, pick, picking a, a section of the highway there to keep 
to keep clean and knowing you putting your stamp on it and your name on it that hey the football team at Washington High School is going to sec- going to take away this section of the road and make sure it's clean at all times. Whatever it is, you need to give back to those people that are giving you so much and also instill a sense of pride in taking care of your business. Uh, and I and I think that you can never do too much to to show thanks uh, for your community. And I think that's something you need to instill in young people at an early age. Well, John, thanks for your time. I want it before we let you go. We're out. We're actually on the uh, we're on the north end zone of the stadium right now at Southern Miss, and uh, you might be able to hear in the background the work that's going on. They're updating the stadium. The, the scoreboard's going to be new. I, I know you had a, a tornado here in the last several months, um, so we like to see the the campus coming back strong. You are sort of a new face on campus as director of football operations. What is your favorite part of Southern Miss? Oh, I think the people. I mean, uh, the people is what makes the place. And Hattiesburg uh, got here June 1st, and uh, it, the, the response has been overwhelming to our staff and all the new people on board with our football program. But more, more than anything is just how many people have come by and wished wells, whether it's phone calls, emails, uh, invites to certain functions at country clubs. And just to get to know the people of Hattiesburg, they're hungry to win. Uh, they're hungry for uh, football season to get started. And, and uh, it's just great Southern hospitality here, and everybody loves their football, and so we're ready to get ready for a good season. Does Brett Favre stop by? He has came by. I didn't get an opportunity to meet him when he did come by, but I know he's eager to get started, and I know Southern Miss, is, he holds it dearly to his heart, and he coaches right up here at Oak Grove High School, which is right up the road. And so we're looking forward to him being back a part of our program and, and uh, so many others that are part, such as Ray Guy you mentioned earlier. I have met Ray. He stopped by. And uh, there's so many people that are fans of, of Southern Miss football in Hattiesburg. And, and uh, you know, our goal is to get uh, Southern Miss back and win the championships at the Conference USA level and, and ultimately get to a BCS Bowl. So uh, we're looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, we, we hit the ground running just a few days ago as practice started, and we're looking forward to August 31st in our home opener. The University of Southern Mississippi, it's Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles. He's John Carr, the Director of Football Operations. Thank you, John, so much for joining us. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate us having us on. The Adam Ritz Show. It's always such a pleasure to talk about community service across this great country. If you have a service project you'd like to highlight, tweet me at Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.